this Memorial Day weekend here on Sunday morning. I do want to let you know before we dive into kind of the message and what's happening this summer, uh, VBS begins in two weeks. You may say, hey, I'm not volunteering. I don't have kids that young anymore. But we want to encourage you. You may be able to help in another way. So if you go to our website at zpc.org, you look at VBS. It's on the homepage. There are donations we need. So certain small donations. There's a sign-up place there. You can sign up to donate some things. Kind of helps the staff or the volunteer leaders that they may not have to go out and purchase everything. That is a way that you can help VBS be successful. And if you do have kids... Uh, We hope hope to have you sign them up as soon as possible. It begins two weeks from tonight. I'll be there helping with that, so a VBS coming soon. So last week, we were outdoors for Sunday Funday. We survived kind of the cloudy, cool weather. The rain held off, and it was the end of the series on David, which was a four-month series since mid-January. Wanted to let you know, if you don't know, you probably do, that Jerry is now... Uh, Pastor Jerry is completing his sabbatical, which he could not uh, complete last summer because of the pandemic. So he's traveling to Germany, traveled there yesterday. And so today and in the month of June, we're going to have some different preachers, me and a few others, some different topics, and then a new sermon series for July and August. So today and next week, after spending uh, four months in the Old Testament and on King David, we're going to the New Testament, and we're looking at God's kingdom in the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and today specifically focusing on the Lord's Prayer and the kingdom of God in Matthew 6. So I'll read that now. Please uh, read with me or watch with me. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door And pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. 
Sisters and brothers in Christ, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, on this Memorial Day weekend and on this Sunday, this day set aside for worship of you, may the words of my mouth, our study of the scriptures, the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Christ's name, amen. So it's a famous passage. It's right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and in this part of it, right in Matthew 6. And again, the Sermon on the Mount, we'll be talking a little bit about that this week and next is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, if you want to read through that this week. Today, we're right in the middle in Matthew 6. Jesus is teaching on prayer, kind of how to pray, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and on the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about those. He says in there, as you know, as we just read, and as we prayed, as Andrew led us in prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is just one of a handful of things that Jesus reminds us about in this simple framework for prayer. And when we think about it, and I thought about this even as Andrew is praying, we need God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We need more of heaven on earth. And when Jesus came himself more than 2,000 years ago, he was initiating God's kingdom to the earth through his presence, through his ministry, what he did. We needed it then and we need it now. And we know what some of those things are that the kingdom of God looks like. You know, when we think about what's this kingdom of God look like, what would it look like if it's on the earth now? It's some of the things that Jesus taught and that Jesus simply did. It's compassion. It's caring for those in need, especially those on the margins, as Jesus did. It is bringing about healing spiritually, emotionally, physically through the ways that we can today. It's bringing about a sense of justice for those who are poor, who have less resources, for those who are oppressed in our country and in other countries around the world. Jesus advised us that we care for others as much or more than we care for ourselves. He said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So this is a lot of what the kingdom of God could look like on earth as it does in heaven. And we need it as much as ever. We can still read headlines almost every day about the war in Ukraine. And as Andrew mentioned in the prayer appropriately about the horrific and unimaginable violence that has gone on in our country this last several weeks. Shootings in a supermarket in Buffalo, New York, and in a school in Uvalde, Texas. Now, as much or more than ever, we need more of Jesus. We need more of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So what's that look like? And I want to kind of paint a couple of pictures, one little picture here at the start, maybe a couple other bigger pictures kind of at the end of the message today what God's kingdom might look like, and talk about how we might get there. So it was, so on a recent Saturday, it was in the month of May, and I was here at church. I happened to be at church, and I had time to go for a drive. It was almost dinner time. I was getting ready to head home. So I went uh, to the west, right down 334, right out of the church here, and I stopped at Lines Park, Zionsville Lines Park, which is a beautiful little park, parked my car, and I went for a walk. The temperature was probably in the 70s. The sun was shining. It was a great day. And I thought for a moment, for about a five, ten-minute walk, it was a little bit of heaven and on earth, probably because of the beautiful day, the beautiful weather. It was springtime. 
There were a few teams still uh, playing or practicing baseball or softball in the park. I looked over at the playgrounds, which I walked by, and there were some African-American families there on the playgrounds with their little kids smiling and having fun. I walked uh, down the sidewalk. There was an Asian-American dad playing soccer with his son and daughter. So I walked over to the basketball courts, and one court had a lot of Hispanic-Americans uh, playing and speaking Spanish on basketball in the court right next to them. There were a lot of local kids. You could see they had ridden their bikes down probably from wherever they lived, and their bikes were there. They were all playing basketball next to each other and with one another, and I was touched by the simple picture of just some of the beauty of God's people. We we're all God's children of enjoying a beautiful day in the park. And it just made me think, and this is a little bit of my soft side, I probably got a little tears in my eyes. I was like, wouldn't it be great if earth could look more like this more of the time than it even does? But we know this is not always the case. And we know that even though those people are having a beautiful day in the park on that Saturday, as they were, they have issues and challenges of their own back home. So what can we do to help, to come alongside God, humbly with Him, to help bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven? And how might we pray for that in the way that Jesus teaches us to pray? So the answer is in uh, how we get more of God's kingdom and how we pray is to do those two things, is to, is to pray and to take action, is to pray and take action. So let's start looking at, at prayer and what uh, Jesus says specifically about prayer and how he teaches about it. So starting at verse 5 and going through verse 8, Jesus says two things, two really big things. Number one, he says, don't pray to get attention. He says, don't be like these hypocrites. It's pretty tough on the people here. He said, don't pray like these hypocrites. He says, they pray standing up. They pray loudly. They use lots of words. They even stand on street corners so people will see them pray. He basically says, they're showing off in the way that they pray. I was thinking about this in what church looks like on Sunday morning, and I get the privilege on a lot of Sundays uh, to be the one to give kind of the congregational prayer. And I want to tell you, and for people like Andrew and was up here at this hour, and Liz Todd, who's at the next hour, we're careful about how we pray because we don't want to be, as we lead with you, uh, using a lot of flowery language or using a lot of big words. Jesus says also, don't use a lot of language. Don't keep on babbling like the pagans. You know, be simple in your prayers. So on Sunday morning, we try to Think about what are the needs of the church? What are maybe the missions of the church? What's going on in the world? What do we need to talk about? Do we need to offer praise to God or more ask for confession? And to put that in a prayer that's authentic and meaningful for the church congregation. But what Jesus is talking more about is your personal prayer. Don't show off. Don't keep on babbling, he says. Don't use too many words. Be simple. Be heartfelt. Get to the point when you pray. And furthermore, if we go back to Matthew 6, 1 through 4, so that part was in 5 through 8, if we go back, he talks about your actions. So we're talking about prayer and actions. And he says, do your good acts. In the version we were said, acts of piety. It can also say acts of righteousness. But think about your good actions that you do week to week. He says, Jesus says, when you do those things, 
He says, don't announce it with trumpets. Don't show off in the good actions you do. Let your giving instead be done in secret. He says, so that God will reward you. If you think about it, he says, you, if you've done it for show, if you've done it with a lot of loudness, if you've announced yourself, the good actions or your generosity, he says, the things you're giving away, if you announce it in some way, he goes, you've already got your reward. People know what you did. They can see it. They might congratulate you or thank you for it. But if you do it in secret, in humility, God will reward you. Um, don't worry about the reward from earth. Worry about the reward from God. So then Jesus gets into teaching his disciples how to pray. He says, simply talk to God from your heart, to talk with God, listen for what God might be putting back on your heart in return. And I would say, be simple, be heartfelt, and be passionate in your prayers. Then he gets into as what we know as uh, the Lord's Prayer. And it says right before that, Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. This then is how you should pray. How should we pray? Should we pray these words exactly? Well, yes, we can. You know, for, for Christians, <clears throat> for centuries, really, for most of Christendom, have prayed this prayer exactly, maybe with a doxology at the end that we added on, which was probably added around the fifth century, which was common at that time, which we add on to the Lord's Prayer. That's okay to pray it as is. But should it be a rote prayer? No, it should not. The Lord's Prayer is a framework for prayer, and it should be simple, heartfelt, and passionate. One of the ways we might do this to not make it just a, a rote prayer that we memorize uh, is to think about the meaning of the words. N.T. Wright, who's a Bible commentator, said this prayer is really the Lord's Prayer is a, is a framework for prayer. He says, since it's a framework, you don't always have to use identical words and, and use the Lord's Prayer as a framework maybe for how you pray day to day or week to week. So it's okay if we say debts and debtors, and some of our friends from other churches say trespasses or those who trespassed against us. That's not a problem. In Luke 11, there's another version of the Lord's Prayer which is slightly different. So it doesn't have to be identical. It doesn't have to be identical or perfect to be right. We can pray the Lord's Prayer on our own during the week um, as a framework for prayer, how we frame up our prayers. N.T. Wright, uh, when he was talking about the Lord's Prayer, goes on to say that prayer is mysterious think by that, he, as he was talking about that, he means that we, we don't always, and I'm just going to put uh, you together with me, we don't always know what to pray. Sometimes we feel like our prayers hit the ceiling and maybe don't go all the way to God. Or we wonder sometimes if we've prayed something um, consistently or over and over again, you know, is this a valid prayer request? Is God out there? Does God hear me? Is he saying no to my prayer request? I think this is a good request. What is God saying to that? And these are pretty normal feelings of prayer, things that I felt myself sometimes. In that way, prayer is mysterious. But in answer to that, we should continue to pray. And Jesus teaches us to be simple, simple, heartfelt, and passionate 
not routine or rote, not memorizing certain prayers or certain words that we pray every day all the time, but instead to pray with our hearts. N.T. Wright said prayer is mysterious. He also used two other words that begin with the letter M, which I think are helpful. He said prayer is not magical. Prayer is not magical. It's not an incantation that we do. It's not saying certain words expecting that we have to get a certain result or that we will get a certain result, that we're not always going to get a yes. So prayer is not magical. Instead, he says prayer is meaningful. Prayer is meaningful, not magical. Prayer should be something that comes from our hearts when we're pouring out our hearts to God, that when we are faithful, we're faithful in prayer, we're consistent in prayer, that we pray each day. We pray, uh, it says in the New Testament, we pray without ceasing, meaning we have an attitude of prayer, being faithful in prayer. We also pray, uh, thy will be done as part of the Lord's prayer. This is meaning that we're trying to align our desires and needs in want and wants with what God desires for the world, where he is king, where he reigns, and so it is his kingdom. We want to align our thoughts, our desires, our prayers. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done. I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes, especially probably when I was a younger driver, I would drive my car into a curb and hit the curb. Or I don't know if maybe this winter you were avoiding uh, potholes, hitting your tires and potholes uh, as I was. When that happens, certainly your tires, your wheels can get off alignment. My kids have come to me sometimes, Dad, it feels like the car is pulling to the right. I'm like fighting with the steering wheel, trying to keep it to the left because your car is out of alignment. You take it to the shop, they fix the alignment, your car goes straight, you don't have to overcorrect, you don't have to fight with this steering wheel. Think about prayer in such a way as we, as we go into prayer of aligning our thoughts and desires, our needs and wants for our families, for our loved ones, for the world, aligning those thoughts and prayers, those desires with what God wants for his world as he is the king. And so aligning that, thy will be done, is aligning our thoughts and prayers with God's. And we pray simple and heartfelt and passionate. The Lord's Prayer is simple. Jesus doesn't go on and on. It's only several lines. It's only about three verses in this passage. He says, hallowed be your name. This is holy is your name. Today we sang holy, holy, holy. Holy is your name. That's what hallowed be his name means we praise God for who he is. We pray, we pray to God for simple needs. We pray for him to provide our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. It's not tomorrow's bread. It's not a month from now, a year from now. Give us today our daily bread. Give us the resources that we need to get through the day today. It's a simple prayer. We pray for God to forgive us when we have wronged others and that we are to forgive others, and hopefully they will forgive us as well. And we pray, don't lead us into temptation. We don't want to be tempted to do wrong, but deliver us from evil. Or in other translations, it could be deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from Satan. Help us to flee from bad things in order to go back to God to align ourselves with him with the good things of God. Back to God's kingdom, trying to bring God's kingdom, aligning ourselves with God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. 
When we pray this way and we live the way of the Sermon on the Mount, again, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we begin to see God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. We get little glimpses of heaven. I was thinking about that this week. What are some of those glimpses of heaven that we might have? What about being at the birth of a child or being out in the waiting room when there's a birth of a grandchild and you get to see a new baby? That's a little glimpse of heaven. A graduation ceremony, and I've been to a few of those recently, and there's some coming up in this coming week. A, A great ceremony to celebrate a rite of passage for our children, our grandchildren, our covenant children. There's a A little glimpse of heaven there, I think, in that. A beautiful sunset in the mountains or on the beach or being at our our favorite cabin or our lake house or our favorite vacation spot. There's moments or days where it feels like it's a little glimpse of heaven when everything is is fun and good and goes well. If you've ever been on a a mission trip or maybe just a day-long service project, and you feel good. It's almost like a sense kind of wells up in you. You're like, I'm getting the chance to use my hands or maybe use my brain, use my money, my resources to serve somebody else. It feels good. When we get to go to Mexico, and we haven't been in a couple of years because of the pandemic, at the end of a workday, singing a song in English and Spanish and holding hands with new friends we've made in Mexico, and we sing about that we are united as one family. It feels good, it feels right, it feels like a little glimpse of heaven, of God's kingdom coming to earth. Sometimes when things go drastically wrong and we're desperate for God, when we need God, when we cry out to God, even in the series on King David, we looked at some of his psalms and how he prayed. He cried out to God. When, we, when that happens for us, We can see God's kingdom come to earth in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of difficulty in our lives. When my family experienced some tragedy about three and a half years ago, we saw glimpses of heaven within hours after that tragedy happened. People bringing us food and more food. People showed up and cleaned our house. We didn't even ask. People mowed our lawn, our neighbors mowed our lawn, uh, giving us hugs. My kids came, two of my kids came home from college, and one of our neighbors said, I'll, I'll drive them back to college, drove them two hours back to college, and then drove back to Zionsville, sitting with us, writing notes, sending favorite scriptures, sending gift cards, simple acts of grace that reminded us in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of hard times, that God is with us. I think that was, those were little glimpses of heaven God's kingdom come down to earth in difficult times. Kind of reminding that I heard just this week on a Christian radio station here that people need hope. And they said, where do people get hope? And they said a survey of people said, where do you get hope? The number one answer was acts of kindness. When people do an act of kindness for somebody else, it brings them hope that maybe the world is not as bad as we think it is. Acts of kindness bring hope. And so guess what? Jesus teaches here in Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, how we can bring hope through acts of kindness, through acts of the kingdom, bringing the kingdom down to earth in this short passage. So I'm going to name off a bunch of things. Some of these are kind of tough that Jesus puts in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. 
What I want you to think about is what is one of these things maybe you've done in the past week or past couple of weeks, or maybe what is one thing you might do this week that's maybe from this list, and this is not totally a comprehensive list, that Jesus mentions that we might do to help bring his kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. Here are some of the things he mentions. Be merciful. Mourn for others. Be a peacemaker. Be a light in the darkness. Practice Jesus' commands, meaning doing Jesus' commands. Rejoice if you're persecuted for Jesus. Don't call other names in anger. He talks about that. Don't lust for other people's things. Keep your promises. He says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's important today. Don't retaliate when someone hurts you. Love your enemies. Pray. Give quietly, as we talked about this morning. Forgive others. Give your resources away. Don't worry, but trust in God instead of worrying. And don't judge others. It's quite a list. Some of those things, when you think about loving your enemies, don't retaliate when someone hurts you. Rejoice if you're persecuted. Those are tough. But these are the kinds of things that represent Jesus and might make us look different than the rest of the world. It's quite a list. So I would encourage you this week to find a way to practice the Lord's Prayer in your own life, but not only to do that, to kind of use it as a framework for your own life and to think about then one of these things, and you might reread Matthew 5, 6, and 7, is there something there that you might put into practice in a small way this week to bring about God's kingdom to earth even now? So we know that the world is broken. We've talked about that a little bit. And it's in big ways, and it's also in smaller ways. Pastor Jerry, last week when we met outside, said we need to be godly fools. He was talking about we need to do things that that don't seem to make sense, but in God's economy, they make sense. And we can do those things, doing small things and big things to help bring God's kingdom to earth. Two things I've had the privilege of uh, kind of working with, really one working with and one more the whole church is working with. Over the last couple of years, our mission commission and here at ZPC, we're working on developing a, re- a relationship with City Life Ministries, which is part of Youth for Christ. You might remember that Allie King and a friend came and preached last summer. We were meeting outside. It was in the month of June. They talked about this. Well, because of the pandemic and some other challenges we've had, that 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 partnership that we've had with them to kind of go and help build ministry and do some ministry around the 71st and Michigan Road area close by to church has taken a long time to get started. But just in the last several months, with the help of Aaron Wilson, who helps run Straight Up Ministries down around that area, a couple of us, several of us have gotten to know uh, and taken some prayer walks down there. We've gotten to know Pastor Ben at Progressive Life Ministries. It's a church that is mostly has an African-American congregation. It's right around Michigan Road and 67th Street. If you're driving south on Michigan, it's on the right-hand side, on the west side. Jim Martin, some of you guys know Jim Martin. He often gives announcements here on Sunday. We've been meeting with Pastor Ben, and Jim said, and, and Pastor Ken was another pastor. He's come some, and Jim said, we're just some dudes meeting, building trust, and getting to know each other. And I think that was a good thing. It felt good. It's like... You know, we're not going to solve all the world's problems, but we're going to meet for coffee, we're going to talk, we're going to get to know each other and see what maybe we can do. And so now we're planning an event 
at Progressive Life Ministries Church. It'll look like a little bit like a Sunday fun day like we had in the parking lot last Sunday after worship, but it's going to be on a Saturday, August 27th. There'll be more information coming. It's going to be in their parking lot, not our parking lot. And we're not even sure if everything will work, but so far the planning is going well. Someone suggested we make a prayer chart so we can pray for that event. So anybody here at ZPC could have something to do to play a part. You can pray for the event. And I really like that it's going to include prayer and action, just like here in Matthew 6. Last week, five of us from ZPC met, actually I think six from ZPC, one on the phone, and five of their members. So five members from their church, six from our church, men and women, we met around a big conference table. And Pastor Ben said, this and the event that we're planning, is, he said he wants the church to look a little bit more like heaven. And the idea that so mostly an African-American church, mostly a white church, they also have an Hispanic, Hispanic congregation that meets in their building, that we could get together and do something fun in their parking lot will hopefully look a little bit more like heaven. So that's coming later in August, and we're excited about that. ZPC's also had the privilege of bringing a little bit of heaven down to earth, I think, in a, in a very difficult place in time in Romania uh, during this war in Ukraine. And so, you know, when this started, some people uh, made donations. Our mission commission moved some money that they had allotted for Ukraine, uh, for Romania, to a different part. Uh, then the mission commission had some other money. They, they moved it from somewhere else to give to uh, Ukrainian relief. You gave donations, and as of last week, it was over $69,000 has been given by you and by our mission commission, which you give the money that goes to the mission commission to help Ukrainian refugees in Romania and send food directly. The world is broken and it doesn't look like much hope, but through your giving, you are helping to bring hope and bring a little bit of God's kingdom to earth, even in Romania and even in Ukraine. Part of what they've done there is to uh, buy food and send it even by truck and by bus and by car back into Ukraine. There's a photo we're going to see, if that'll come up now, if Lori has that. So this is an actual photo of food that was sent, part of the food bought by our money, part given by other people's money. And this is actually in Ukraine. So they, went, they packed the uh, food, they pack it in boxes to send to families. But some of the food goes to soldiers. These are Ukrainian soldiers that receive some of the food that we helped to send. Pastor Niku, who's one of the pastors, says, some of the food was donated to the soldiers. In fact, every time we send food, because there are many barricades of soldiers on the road, they also receive some of the food. The soldiers are on duty 24-7, and they rejoice when humanitarian convoys pass by and leave food for them. What about some of the refugees in Romania? So that's where a lot of your giving has done as well. And we've been receiving photos through Dave Gall here at ZPC and through others, and it's been really cool to look at those photos. We got these ones here in the last 10 days or so about your money helped to provide a birthday party in Alba Ulia, Romania, through missionary Marshall McKenna. Let's look at a couple of pictures. So this is a long table. It's a birthday party for a two-year-old boy. And right, you can kind of tell if you look closely, the kids are praying. Some of them have their hands up. They're praying, I think, for the food. The next picture, they're celebrating the birthday party. It's got the two up there, and it's the little boy, I think, standing on the chair in the middle. And then the last picture is the boy, and what we assume is his mother, and he's got a birthday cake, and mom is smiling. I want to keep that picture up 
for a moment because imagine a simple birthday party for a two-year-old boy who was from the Ukraine who's a refugee because his country is in war and his mom, and they're in Romania, they're in a different country, and yet they get to have a birthday party and he gets to have a birthday cake partly because you back here in Zionsville, Indiana, sent money to Romania and they helped to make that happen. We get to be a part of bringing God's kingdom to earth in a really meaningful way. So with a simple framework for the Lord's prayer, we pray for ourselves and for the kingdom come. And with the actions we can learn from the Sermon on the Mount and the Lord's prayer, we pray and we act. And by praying and acting, we align ourselves with God's will in small ways and in big ways, and we help his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And with that, let us pray. We do, O Lord, live in a broken world which you know. Lord, it is your world where you are the king. God, we pray again today humbly and simply and heartfelt. God, that we might play a part in your world. Help us, O Lord, to be a blessing to bless others. Help us in our own lives and in our families to think about what is one thing we might do this week that aligns with your will. It looks like something maybe that you talk about in the Sermon on the Mount. And help us to pray. Help us to pray for ourselves and our loved ones and our neighbors. And help us to pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We do pray in Christ's name. Amen.